For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. History of Oklahoma is about winning championships. Brooks trying to make something happen. He breaks free. Kennedy breaks out. Forget the field goal. Win it with a touchdown. What is up, Sooner Nation? I am Casey Mallon, and you are now in a Sooner state of mind. Make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. The only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, Bet Online isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all the up to the second odds, news, and info. Bet Online has all the sports wagering info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Sooner State of Mind family. How we doing? You high stress? You got all your Christmas shopping done? You getting some downtime? Well, maybe you'll get a little time to watch a couple games during bowl week. It's a little bit longer than a week, and that's okay. We like to joke about it, but there really is no off-season anymore. And there has been a ton of news surrounding the program, the least of which is the bowl game, the Alamo Bowl against the Arizona Wildcats. That's happening next Thursday. And that story has taken a backseat to all the other news. That being said, we are going to get into our preview for that game in a little bit. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, which I guess is becoming the norm with the Sooners especially the last couple of seasons here. Started with Jeff Levy taking the Mississippi State job, which seems like that was months ago. Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley take over as co-offensive coordinators, and we will get our first look at that combo next week. On the heels of that news, we got word that Dylan Gabriel was also on the move. He takes over for Bo Nix at Oregon. Oregon's a great fit for him, and it kind of squashes the Sooners' beef with the Ducks. And it gives us another ally against Tebow and those Trojans. DG will be running the squad in the Ducks' inaugural season in the Big Ten. You know we will have a lot to say about that in the near future. But it was a different Sooner entering the transfer portal that had Sooner Nation up in arms. Former freshman Oklahoma offensive lineman Caden Green 
is transferring to Missouri. Green started seven games as a true freshman for the Sooners and will have three years of eligibility remaining. News of that move broke right after our last show, but the details were slow to trickle out, and the situation still remains a little murky. Green's decision to enter the portal completely caught the team and coaches by surprise. The word was, supposedly Green wanted to get paid more than his original NIL arrangement. He allegedly brought a number back to the Sooners that they matched. But then he was a no-show at practice, and a staffer saw Green clearing out his belongings, asking him a proverbial WTF. Green told the staffer, to talk to his dad. Unfortunately, that conversation never took place, and this week it became official that Green would be playing for the Missouri Tigers next season. Now, after practice on December 15th, Brent Venable said, we've benefited from the portal more often than not. We've benefited from guys that are starters from where they're leaving. They've left rosters where they're starters and are having good careers. So I'd be a hypocrite if I said it's bad. When Green was asked about it, he said, quote, I think the biggest thing was drink, the head coach. He was honest. He didn't lie to me. He treats me like I'm a human being and their program's on the rise. End quote. You know, sometimes when you're young, you need to learn how to STFU. But you really don't know when to keep your mouth shut. From everything I've ever heard or thought about Brent Venables, Green's statement is way off base. It's always seemed like, if anything, BV is too honest. He is brutally honest. Can't imagine a situation where he's lying to anybody. Now, from the outside, it seems like Green got some bad advice and made a very short-sighted decision. Chase the right here instead of looking big picture. Because if you ask me, there isn't a more respected offensive line coach with a better track record of getting guys NFL ready and getting guys NFL paid than Bill Biedenboe. There are a bunch <laughs> of Sooner offensive linemen in the NFL and a handful, a handful are some of the best at their positions. We're talking... Zeus, Trent Williams, Lane Johnson, Creed Humphrey, all doing hardcore work in the NFL, making money. Now, there was some talk that Green wanted to play tackle and not guard. I don't know if that influenced his decision or not, but if so, say that. Don't go silent. Don't just disappear. Don't just bail on your teammates. Or even worse, Accusing the staff of lying. Handle your biz the right way. This dude quit on his coaches, and more so he quit on his teammates. I think if he would have been up front, at least had talks, not just went radio silent, he would have gotten some or at least a little more grace from Sooner Nation. I've still seen some okay stuff out there. Some... Now, Green's departure might be a short-term problem for the Sooners. 
But in the long run, you want the right kind of guys. As Mike Tomlin says, we want volunteers, not hostages. But perspective comes from age, and hindsight is always 2020. So time will tell if Green made the right decision or not. And at the end of the day, we all have to do what we think is in the best interest for ourselves. That being said, look who you get advice from. But I'm going to say good luck to the young man. And hopefully he figures out how to handle his business better moving forward. By the way, the Sooners play at Missouri on November 9th next season. That game just got a little more electricity. And I know this is a rabid fan base, and the majority of it is good and level-headed people. But when the green news first broke, and people were desperate for answers, a small contingency of Sooner Nation flew off the handle and helped fuel the conspiracy theory that Dylan Gabriel planted the green into the transfer portal seed and was trying to get Green to follow Gabriel to Oregon. The accusations and vitriol towards Gabriel that followed that rumor were both shameful and embarrassing. It's crazy how quickly some of these people were to turn on Dylan Gabriel. I go to my man Michael McDonald on this one. What a fool believes. And only a fool would have believed that Dylan Gabriel had anything to do with that green move. At no point in his tenure at Oklahoma did DG handle himself without class, without character, or without dignity. As a matter of fact, he only cared himself as a high-quality and high-character individual. A consummate professional on and off the field. Team building on his own dime at every opportunity. Helping and contributing to the communities both in Norman and back in Hawaii. That anyone would believe the Gabriel slander is pathetic and a terrible look for this fan base. And I know it's only a small portion, but it is still despicable behavior. And you should be ashamed of yourselves. I don't think that's the Sooner State of Mind family. I think that comes from another portion of this fan base. DG always carried himself the right way. And DG has earned eternal Sooner's equity with me, with us. And he should be treated with such. DG is my dude. Ohana forever. Thank you for your time at the University of Oklahoma. You set a great example and you helped lead the way and it is greatly appreciated. With Green's departure and also Nate Anderson, Savion Bird, and Aaron Parks all entering the transfer portal, as well as Tyler Guyton and Andrew Rame declaring for the NFL draft, the Sooners will need to add some players through the portal. 
They got that work started with former Michigan State tackle Spencer Brown. Brown's played in 32 games, made 24 starts, and has one year of eligibility left. He will definitely add some stability and leadership. There's also word of his former teammate at Michigan State joining him. That's guard Gino Vandemark. The duo played together on the right side of the line at Mississippi, uh, Michigan State, and that would be a good get to bring in that added continuity, being that those guys played together on the line. Now, the Sooners also landed UNT transfer offensive lineman Fabeche Inewu, Inewu. All right. Inwewu started 20 games over the last two seasons, mostly at right guard. So we will see what that does mean for Vandemark. Either way, he has some much needed depth and is a potential starter. Get all those guys here and we can work out positions later. All right. A little more portal news. The Sooners also added speedster wideout Dion Burks from Purdue. As a redshirt sophomore, in 2023, he caught 47 passes for 629 yards and seven touchdowns, earning him second-team All-Big Ten honors. Let me tell you right now, this dude can fly. Adding him into a stacked receiver room, and I'm very excited for the potential there. The Sooners also added tight end Bauer Sharp from Southeast Louisiana. Sharp made the transition from quarterback to tight end and is coming off a 29-catch, 288-yard, three-touchdown season. PFF College graded Sharp out as the number three overall tight end in the FCS. With the addition of Sharp and the young guys getting healthy, and the Cats coming in in the 2024 class, another offseason. This tight end room, I think, will be much improved. And a much bigger part of what the Sooners want to do with the position in the Latrell Joe John Finley offense. Completely stoked for this. The Sooners also added former UT Martin running back Sam Franklin. In three seasons, the redshirt sophomore had 315 carries for 2,129 rush yards and 20 touchdowns. Last year, he finished with a career-high 1,386 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. Receiving room stacked. Running back room stacked. We're still not sure of what ultimately happens with Tawi Walker. I could definitely see him returning to the Sooners. But either way, the running back room looks to be in great shape. Coach DeMarco Murray doing work out there, baby. And after the Alamo Bowl, we will get more into the early enrollees of the 2024 signing class, which looks like that class is going to be something special. 27 guys coming in, and we'll take a look at all of that. Speaking of 2024, we got to get our little peepers on the Sooner schedule for their inaugural season in the SEC, and it is a banger. 
and we will take a deeper dive into the schedule between now and next season. But holy smokes, are there some great games. The Sooners open with three straight non-conference games in Norman. Starting August 31st, the Sooners host the Temple Owls. Boo, that's right, Temple Owls. Then Houston, and then Tulane. The Sooners open up conference play, hosting Josh Heupel's Tennessee Volunteers on September 21st. Oh, baby. The following week, they're on the road at Auburn for the first SEC road game. Then it's a bye week before OU Texas. Two S's. After that, we host Shane Beamer in South Carolina, followed up with a roadie at Ole Miss. November opens up with the Sooners hosting Maine. That's the obligatory late-season SEC non-conference thrashing. Going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and say the Sooners win that game. I'm feeling good about it. OU follows that with the road game at Missouri, now with green energy. It's another bye week before the Sooners host Alabama. And then finish up on the road at LSU. Hello and welcome to the SEC. It has to be one of the most brutal schedules in all of college football. Even so, it's awesome to know that this is the new deal. Some of these matchups seem like bowl games. And now they're just conference games. And we're going to get to see them on the reg. Completely stoked for the challenge. It is going to be good. And not only that, we get in the 12-team playoff next year. Mm. 2024 is going to be awesome. Totally awesome. But before we get to all that, there is still one game left to be played. Our 10 and 2 Oklahoma Sooners take on the 9 and 3 Arizona Wildcats in the Alamo Bowl. Wildcats coming in as 3-point favorites. This is the third time these teams will have met with each team getting a win. This will be the rubber match. Now, living in Los Angeles, I got to see this Arizona team play a lot and they are very good. They dropped a game week two in overtime to Mississippi State. Three weeks later, they lost to Michael Penix Jr. and the Washington Huskies by seven. They followed that Huskies loss by another overtime loss. But this one, just by two points, had a chance to tie it up, but they lost. That was to Caleb Williams and USC. And after that game, they did not lose again reeling off six wins in a row, four of which coming against ranked teams. It's a very high-powered offense, averaging over 34 points a game, led by redshirt freshman quarterback Noah Fafita. He was the Pac-12 Freshman Offensive Player of the Year and one of the top-rated quarterbacks in the Pac-12 despite competing against Penix Jr., Williams, 
Knicks, etc., etc. In their regular season finale against Arizona State, Fafita threw for a school record 527 yards and five touchdowns in a 59-23 beatdown of those Sun Devils. They live off the big play. And nationally, 7th in third down conversions at almost 50%. 12th in passing offense at over 300 yards. 13th in red zone offense at over 92%. 18th in total offense, 453 yards a game. And 22nd in scoring offense, as we mentioned, 34 points a game. They got receivers too, baby, doing some work. McMillan and Cowing both with at least 80 receptions. McMillan with 1,242 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. This dude averaged over 100 yards receiving per game. That is filthy. Cowing with 11 touchdowns. And tight end Tanner McLaughlin with 42 grabs, 500 yards. That's 11.9 11.9 per with four touchdowns. Sooners have had some trouble guarding the tight end this season. This guy is a weapon. They also have a stable of running backs, all over four yards of carry, but they are led by Jonah Coleman, who had 123 rushes for 851 yards. That's 6.9 per carry, five touchdowns. He also had 23 grabs for 280 yards. This dude can house it from anywhere on the field. Hopefully, the Sooners' tackling woes are behind them. Speaking of tackling, sophomore linebacker Jacob Manu led the Pac-12 with 108 tackles. The Wildcats were fifth in the Pac-12 in sacks, led by defensive lineman Taylor Upshaw, who had eight and a half. DB Takario Davis led the conference with 14 pass breakups. Traden Stukes was fourth in the conference with eight breakups. Dalton Johnson tied for second in the Pac-12 with three forced fumbles. Overall, the Cats' scoring defense was 26th in the nation, giving up just 20.8 per game. Now, it looks like the only major piece missing from this entire Wildcats team will be left tackle Jordan Morgan, who opted out to begin training for the 2024 NFL Draft. Head coach Jed Fish in his third year has completely turned this program around. In year one, under Fish, they went 1-11. They are heading into the Big 12, and they're going to be right up there at the top of that conference, competing for a Big 12 championship next year. And getting a win over the Sooner over the Sooners going into that conference, that would be huge for the Wildcats. Let's do our best to make sure that does not happen. Speaking of Sooners, this will be a much different looking team, or at least a much different looking offense heading into the Alamo Bowl. We hit on some of the changes up front. It won't be the O-line we saw during the season, and it won't be the O-line we will see next season. But hopefully these last couple weeks of practice will be enough time for them to find some cohesion and to execute the game plan. And even more importantly, protect the quarterback. 
That is going to be very important. A Sooner Nation is finally on the precipice of the moment we have all been waiting for. The Jackson Arnold era has arrived. Jackson Arnold will be making his first collegiate start, and the anticipation and expectations could not be higher. We got a little taste. Jackson Arnold in the BYU game. That was a different set of circumstance, and this game will be much different. He kind of just got thrown into the wolves in that one. Ironically, the week that they said, we're going to go ahead and redshirt this guy, they had to burn that thing. And it's all good. We should, though, get a feel for what this offense will look like moving forward. With Anderson, Gibson, Freeman, maybe some Petaway. Those are all going to be major players and part of the Jackson-Arnold era moving forward. Now, Jaleel Farouk said he is still undecided as to if he will return for one more year. An explosive and dynamic playmaker. I think he could use another year. Selfishly, I would like to see him back. But there is a ton of talent waiting in the wings and a lot more talent arriving soon. So there is quite a lot to be excited about with that receiving core. Now, unfortunately, the Alamo Bowl will be the last game for Drake Stoops as a Sooner. Well, actually, Drake Stoops will always be a Sooner, but this will be the last game he'll get to suit up for. And if I'm Seth Luttrell, I am going to force feed Stoops, making sure he gets as many targets as possible. I hope Stoops goes out with 10-plus catches, 150-plus yards, and at least two touchdowns. It's the end of an era that I think none of us are ready for. I do believe we will see Drake playing on Sundays next year, but he will continue to be loved. He will definitely be missed, and he will never be forgotten. And even if Pops wasn't a Stoops, the Stoops name would go down as one of the most beloved Sooners ever. This guy started as a walk-on, finished with an insanely productive year, worked his tail off every day, every play, every rep, never took a, a playoff, carried himself the right way, just outworked you, did everything he possibly could to get better. And um, it's been a pleasure to watch this guy play the game and represent the Sooners. And uh, yeah, be a little tearful. Not going to lie, going to miss that dude quite a bit. Now, hopefully this bowl game is also a repeat of the dominant run game we saw from Sawchuck and Barnes last year against FSU. Sawchuck on an absolute tear to end the season, four straight games of over 100 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Barnes pretty banged up most of the season, never really got it going. Maybe next week is a time to see that too. That rushing attack needs to be a major part of this team's identity moving into the SEC. So no better time than now to get that thing going. 
Defensively, it felt like the Sooners ran out of gas down the stretch. And hopefully they've had some time to refuel and re-energize. I know that I got re-energized when I got hit with the news that Billy Bowman, Danny Stutzman, and Ethan Downs would all be back for their senior years. Completely stoked that these cats all wanted to finish the journey together. Getting that senior leadership back at all three levels of the defense is going to be huge as we move into the SEC. And those dudes all wanted to be part of that. Putting off NFL money for another year to come back and be part of this team, to see it through, to put on that Sooners jersey for another season. And it's going to help exponentially. So I think that gives you a great idea of what they think about not only about what Brent Venables is building, but how much being a Sooner means to those guys. No reason for them to come back other than they wanted to. Hopefully they can put a big-time game together and really give this team something to build on. The Sooners will also have seven of their early enrollees practicing with this team as they prep for the Alamo Bowl. DB's Eli Bowen and Jaden Hardy. Yeah, Peyton's little brother, Eli. Not that one, that one. Defensive lineman Wyatt Gilmore, Jaden Jackson, and Nigel Smith. Running back Xavier Robinson and quarterback Michael Hawkins, valuable reps and great experience for all those players. Once again, getting the right kind of guys, dudes that want to be part of this program, that want to be Oklahoma Sooners. And once we move past bowl season, we will take a much more in-depth look at this stacked, and I mean stacked, top 10 2024 recruiting class for these Sooners. Now, while it might not be the bowl we wanted, we still got a bowl game. We still get to see Jackson Arnold make his first start in a bowl game and not next season. Okay? We're getting to see Drake Stoops make his last start as a Sooner. And after six and seven last year, we're getting a chance at 11 wins and one more opportunity to see our Sooners play. And that is a good thing. And you know, Sooner State of Mind will be back to recap all the Alamo Bowl action. So make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss any of the good stuff. And on Christmas Eve, if you're sitting there slamming some cookies and pounding some more milk and you get a little sleepy and you don't feel like getting up off the couch, you can say, hey, Alexa, play Sooner State of Mind podcast. Christmas miracle, people.
and it can happen for you. I believe it now. Also, head on over to believe.com. Go to shows, type in Sooner State of Mind. You're locked. We have a ton of great content. It's every team, every topic, everywhere, believe.com. Get over there, people. And if you want to watch Sooner State of Mind, head on over to YouTube. Search football dudes. We are there. Sooner State of Mind is brought to you by Bet Online. And I want to take a moment to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a happy holidays. Take it in, especially if you got kids. They grow up quick. Enjoy that magic while you got it. Sprinkle on a little that Christmas magic into some Sooner magic. My name is Casey Mallon, and I am in a Sooner state of mind. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.